Welcome to the Common Rounds. Today we'll finish off our discussion on arrhythmias. Previously we have talked about supraventricular tachyarrhythmias. Characteristically, these arrhythmias have a narrow QRS complex. Today we will talk about a few ventricular tachyarrhythmias. These arrhythmias have typically a wide QRS complex because the origination of the arrhythmias rise from the outside the normal conduction pathway in the ventricles. These arrhythmias have a wide QRS complex because the origination of the arrhythmia arises from outside the normal conduction pathway in the ventricles, taking a longer time for the depolarization to travel through the ventricle. I will also go through some scenarios where SVTs may look like VTs, and hopefully by the end of this topic, you'll understand why it is clinically important to distinguish between SVTs and VTs. Today, let's talk about three types of ventricular arrhythmias that we need to do something about. But firstly, I'll quickly recap the mechanisms which results in some ventricular arrhythmias. To my understanding, there are a few conditions that need to arise in the ventricle for ventricular tachycardia to occur. Firstly, is a triggered myocardial automaticity. You'll need an ectopic region that sends signals. Secondly, you need multiple pathways with fast and slow conduction speeds. This can be caused by infarctions or dilatations to the ventricles. And when these conditions are met, a re-entry circuit is formed, and the arrhythmias in the ventricles can propagate and cause a ventricular tachycardia. Electrocardioversion is useful to reset the conductions when these re-entry circuits occur. And as such, ventricular fibrillation and pulseless ventricular tachycardia are two types of shockable rhythms in the ALS pathway. The first type of arrhythmia we're going to talk about is ventricular tachycardia. It is defined as having three or more consecutive ectopic ventricular complexes. VTs can be sustained or non-sustained, and if the episode lasts for more than 30 seconds, it's counted as sustained. On ECG, there is a wide QRS complex that beats in a regular rhythm. It is important to note that on ECG, it may show AV dissociation, where the atria and the ventricles are contracting at different rates. This feature is diagnostic of ventricular tachycardia, but may not always be present. Occasionally, during ventricular tachycardia, supraventricular impulses may be conducted to the ventricles causing a normal QRS complex, known as a capture beat. When the impulses in the AV node combined with abnormal ventricular conduction, this is called a fusion beat. Capture beats and fusion beats are features when identifiable are highly also suggestive of ventricular tachycardia. Depending on the morphology of the wide QRS complex, ventricular tachycardias are classified into two different types, monomorphic ventricular tachycardias or polymorphic ventricular tachycardias. Monomorphic VTs are when the QRS complex have a similar appearance. These are typically the result from intraventricular re-entry circuits and are a lot more common than polymorphic VTs. Polymorphic ventricular tachycardias are when the complexes change constantly from beat to beat, with different amplitudes, morphologies, and polarity. Compared to monomorphic VTs, these are more frequently associated with hemodynamic instability due to their faster rates. Ventricular tachycardias are a medical emergency that requires immediate treatment. If the patient is hemodynamically compromised, electrocardioversion is indicated. Otherwise, medications like lignocaine, amiodarone, and type 1a antiarrhythmics are indicated. Do note that the medications used in ventricular tachycardias are quite different 
to the broad classes used in supraventricular tachycardias. The second ventricular tachyarrhythmia I'd like to discuss is torsade de point. This is a variant of polymorphic VT that occurs in patients with a baseline of QT prolongation. A mechanism I read for torsade is that it occurs as early after depolarizations once the action potential gets prolonged. Typical causes of torsade are because of reasons that cause QT prolongations. Drugs, electrolyte disturbances, and congenital long QT syndromes may be the trigger. On an ECG, torsades look like a usual polymorphic VT, except that the QRS complex seems to rotate around the baseline by changing their axis and their amplitude. The third ventricular arrhythmia we're going to discuss are ventricular fibrillations. This is a very serious type of arrhythmia. The chaotic arrhythmia shows very rapid irregular fibrillatory waves that suggest the ventricular tissue is not contracting in an organized fashion. Unlike atrial fibrillation, in ventricular fibrillation, the cardiac output is virtually non-existent. Prolonged periods of ventricular fibrillation is fatal, and prompt recognition and action according to the advanced life support guidelines is required. That's all the ventricular arrhythmias I wanted to discuss today. There are a few other ones, but treatment for them isn't always necessary. Moving on, I wanted to mention a few potential scenarios whereby looking at the width of the QRS complex is not enough to distinguish between SVTs and VTs. To make things complicated, there are a few cases that SVTs can acquire a wide QRS complex, when patients have an SVT with a pre-existing bundle branch block, or when patients with Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome have atrial fibrillation, such that a signal passes through the bypass tract, or also during antidromic AVRT in patients with Wolf-Parkinson-White. As I've mentioned in previous talks, it's important to distinguish the origin between a ventricular tachycardia as mistreating it as a supraventricular tachycardia can have devastating consequences. For example, the use of verapamil in patients with ventricular tachycardia may result in hypotension, acceleration of tachycardia, and potentially death. There are a few ways to differentiate between VTs and SVTs. A previous history of ischemic heart disease or congestive heart failure is said to be 90% predictive of ventricular tachycardia. ECG changes such as a wide QRS complex greater than 0.14 seconds are generally ventricular in origin. Features such as concordance and changes in frontal plane axis greater than 40 degrees are also said to be more suggestive of ventricular arrhythmias. Valsalva maneuvers that induce vagal stimulation may affect arrhythmias of supraventricular origin. Despite these hints and tips, the safest option is to regard a broad complex tachycardia as ventricular, unless proven otherwise. Either way, it's recommended in the therapeutic guidelines to seek specialist advice. It doesn't hurt to phone a friend. In summary, today we talked about a few types of ventricular arrhythmias. Firstly, we went through ventricular tachyarrhythmia, where they can be either sustained or non-sustained. Depending on the morphology, these arrhythmias can either be monomorphic or polymorphic. We then talked about torsade de point, a polymorphic ventricular tachyarrhythmia caused by prolonged QT intervals. We also mentioned ventricular fibrillation that is lethal because the cardiac output is greatly affected. We also mentioned that SVTs can sometimes acquire a widened QRS complex, such as with pre-existing bundle branch block. It is important to be able to distinguish between a VT compared to an SVT because of the danger of misdiagnosis. The danger of treating a VT with rapamil used in SVTs may lead to death. 
If in doubt, assume that it's a ventricular tachyarrhythmia whilst also seeking specialist help. Hope you learned something today. Thanks for listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Andy, and we'll see you next time.